Welcome to episode 13 of the Hot Esquina podcast. It's the Alex Rodriguez episode or the Joey Gallo episode, depending how young you are. <laughs> I am Enrique. Today I'm joined by Julian Guillarte. We're going to recap the Texas series, um, talk about Nestor Cortez, the run he's been on, the Yankees seemingly not being able to lose, and we will go over a couple other things including giving you a preview of the upcoming blue jays series and we'll be right back it is high it is far that is gone Ahí va. So, before we get started, let me welcome my co-host for today, the ultra-talented Julian Guillarte. Welcome back, Julian. Happy to have you on the show again with me, brother. Thank you, bro. It's been a whirlwind. My voice has been IL for the last week plus. It's the first thing I'm recording in a while, so I decided to see that favor, hop back in it. Um, going to be a little limited, but we're almost fully back, so I'm excited. Um Got a lot of fun stuff to talk about today. The Yankees have been on fire. We're the best team in the American League. We're sitting at 20 and 8. I enjoy that. Um, we got a fun series coming up with Toronto, who were four and three against this year. So I want to see us at least split, if not win the series to keep a positive record against them. And um, then we're going to have Chicago. And I'm looking forward to talking about the Somerset Patriots because one thing I was able to do was go to a lot of Patriot games during my downtime. So I did enjoy that. I have some fun things to share with that. So we're going to have a good show. Yeah, man, I can't wait. I can't wait. Definitely a lot to talk about. It's a shame that that we don't have our, our compatriot John with us because it'd be cool to talk a little Tampa Tarpons too with uh, Ben Rortvet starting his uh, rehab assignment down there. It's exciting to see you know, finally some flashes and some glimpses of what he offers. Right. Um, I, I've heard that he's been doing good down there. So, you know, I guess uh, we'll we'll keep the ship rolling along without him. Uh, prayers up for him and, and yes. what he's going through. Hope he's doing good. John, if you're listening to this, we got you, brother. We got your back. Um, so let's let's hit it off. Let's uh, get started. Um, for those of you that didn't see, the, the Yankees, uh, as we talked about, they uh, won the series against Texas. Um, yet another series that the Yankees win. They're, they're on the roll. They can't be stopped right now. They uh, split their doubleheader with Texas on Sunday, on Mother's Day. They, they had the mm-hmm. pink bats and pink gloves rocking. You know the belts were pretty dope, too. <laughs> yeah, shout out to all the moms that are listening to this podcast. We definitely appreciate you. Yep. Um, they won 2-1 to one in game one on a Glaber Torres Little League Park walk-off. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny, right? We, we could definitely get into that if you want to. Woodward is such a loser. Time. I mean, the guy's such a sore loser. He's such a clown. I mean, after the top teeth thing last year, that he says that when it would have been a home run at like 29. After, I think it would have been a home run at 26 to 30 parks they figured out. Guy's so salty. I mean, come on. He said 99.9% of major league ballparks that would have been an out. Like, really? Which is so inaccurate. Really? <laughs> Bro, like, 
<laughs> oh man, did did you catch Michael K show throwing shade literally the day yeah. after on Twitter? That was epic, bro. Good job, Michael K, bro. That was awesome. Yeah, I had to throw some shade too when Stan hit the home run. I was like, is that a little league homer with what 460? Yeah, that would go out of that. That would even go out of like the polo grounds almost. But like, um, yeah, I mean, whatever. I mean, we we took care of the series. The only thing I'll say, and we're going to talk about Nestor Cortez because how could we not? Of course, the Cuban roots, the Hialeah kid, which you love so much. Um, he's just been going off this year. Yesterday, his performance was special. But the one thing I'll say is I'm a little concerned with the bats. I know we had the three off days, but we've scored two runs or less in four straight games. So that's a little bit worrisome. I, I want to see them get that going a little bit. But they're still winning because the pitching, they're two and two during that stretch. I know you're not going to win every game. So overall, I'm not too worried about anything. We'll, we'll get into that in a little bit for sure. But um, but yeah, man. And real quick thing, other, you know, just to recap and uh you know and the whole little league park thing <laughs> glaber glaber had the perfect response to it when when he was asked about the question he said hey listen both teams have that right field porch that they could use like like basically trying to also throw shade in his way saying hey it's not my fault that i use the right field porch and they didn't you know what i'm saying the right it's the same dimensions for both teams you know what i'm saying so Sorry, Texas fans. You can, <laughs> your manager can be salty and throw shade, even though he walked it back. He walked it back. Yeah, on, he on did. Monday. He did. But you know, he could be salty all he wants. But at the end of the day, it's the same dimensions for both teams. It's the same, you know, opportunity for both teams. You know, uh, Calhoun hit one that that was pretty long too, and I I didn't hear, you know. Uh, their manager throwing shade or getting mad when Calhoun hit his homer, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So, I mean, come on, man, come on. Like, let's act like you've been there. You know what I'm saying? Act like you've yeah. been there. Act like you're a major league manager. Like, come on, man. Really? Yeah. It's just embarrassing to be honest. I mean, and also not only do the, actually the Dodgers have the better record by percentage points, but yeah, bro. I mean, Come on, it's just it's just annoying with him, but whatever. I mean, we got the dub. He can be salty about it. We know the Texas Rangers mm -hmm. are going nowhere fast. Um, they just don't have it together. They spend money, but like it's on the right places. They have a long way to go still. So the Yankees yeah. had to at least win that series. The one game they lose, you know, Michael King had a rough outing, but he was due to have a rough outing. I I kind of tweeted this too. I was like, he's not going to be perfect all year. Like I wasn't even that upset. I was like, I mean, it happens. Um. We gotta that's, score some. You gotta score some runs. You can't win scoring two runs every game. That's that's what I was literally about to say on the recap. That that yeah, that we lost the second game of the doubleheader on Michael King's first ever bad outing of the season. Uh, he, for those of you that didn't see the game, he gave up the lead on a wild pitch. You know that. You know, I mean, imagine. You can't blame the catcher on that one. There was no, no way it was the really bad. Was yeah. Stop that one. Bad, um, yeah. And then right after Brad Miller hit a two run home run off him. And then, you know, the Rangers never looked back. They, they, you know, won that game. What, what else is there left to say? You know what I'm saying? It was a rare bad outing for Michael King. And like you said, he's not going to be perfect all year. You knew 
eventually, you know, he was going to have one of these. Nobody's perfect. Even Nestor, you know, which we'll talk about later, knock on wood, he'll have one of these games. Hope not, but, you know, logic tells you he will. And, you know, you like you said, the bats got to step up and they got to put runs on because in the event that your pitcher does have one of these, it'd be nice if he had run support. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. That's what I was alluding to with the two runs or less, basically. I was like, I wanted to see a lot better, but it happens, like we said. Um, and with that, I mean, the next reliever that's due, and I'm not as great as he's been, it's Clay Holmes with his .64 ERA. Like, he's going to have a slip-up somewhere. He's been, he's been lights out, too. I mean, him and Michael King together, like, God, what a combination when you put those two in after a starting Bro. pitcher. I mean, Bro. you're basically wrapping up dubs right there almost every time this year. Uh, those two have been instrumental this year in our bullpen. The bullpen continues to be lights out, and I still believe the Yankees have the best. I don't know about starting rotation as good as it's been because I feel like there's the Dodgers maybe or someone else, like maybe even the Mets rotation is good. But, like, I'm saying – the rotations, the pitching one through 13 is the Yankees' best strength, like when you count the bullpen in there. We're going to get into the pitching a little later, and I got some numbers for you, Julian, that'll kind of put that theory to the test, man. I, I mean, not for nothing, but when I give you these numbers a little later, you might be, you know, tempted to, to say we have not only the best rotation, but overall the best pitching staff in the majors when when we get into this a little later but um speaking of pitching my brother let's let's get into let's get into a little pitching let's let's get into a little pitching by recapping game three of this three game set that the Yankees won on Monday where as you said fellow Cubano fellow uh Hialeen you know I guess you could call it a El Orgullo de Hialeah, Nasty Nestor Cortez. Bro, he had a no-hitter going into the eighth, bro. Went 7.1, got four walks, 11 strikeouts. Didn't factor into the decision, but the Yankees won uh, 1-0 thanks to um, an Anthony Rizzo RBI double in the eighth. Unfortunately, as I said before, just a little while ago, Nasty Nestor did not factor into the decision because when he was pulled after Eli White hit a single to spoil his no-hitter with one out in the eighth, um, the Yankees were still scoreless with the Rangers. So, yeah. you know, once again, once again, just like it's been all year, Nestor pitches great, but he doesn't get anything for it you know doesn't get any decision for it except you know except the lower era like that's all he has to show for his great pitching so wow. far he's one yeah. and one on the season it's 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 unbelievable when you think about it but yeah man i mean listen 1.41 for the year now 0.97 whip I mean what else what else can we say about Nestor Cortez at this point it's not even just that I mean he's the strikeout pitchers there too like he has 42 Ks and 32 innings like I never thought he was gonna strike people out like that I thought he was a contact pitcher but he's getting more I'm trying to the case for nine are really good I don't know I could probably check the exact number but like he's a beast I mean he just goes out there and delivers the win-loss record like 
I've been saying this, same thing with Jordan Montgomery. Like, you can't look at the wins and losses when you evaluate these guys because the Yankees aren't hitting for either of them for whatever reason. I don't know why um, he's one and one. I mean, it's okay because the big numbers are still there for him. Uh, it's early in the season, but he's pitching himself in the all-star consideration at this rate. He is one of the best pitchers in baseball so far which is crazy to say, but that's what he's done. His case for nine or just under 12, which I never thought would be a thing. Um, the Rangers hitters were off balance. The only reason they, they got on was the walks and the hit. I mean, I didn't think Cortez was going to finish it because of the pitch count. I thought he was going to have a hard time finishing the job, unfortunately. But he um, he battled through seven and a third. He goes no hits. So he was five outs away. I mean, just craziness. Maybe later in the year he'll spin one. We'll see what happens. I wouldn't put it past him, but uh, I'm just so impressed with what I've seen, like the craftiness, the finesse. That color was working like crazy yesterday. They were they were whiffing all over that, looking at it yeah. like he carved the, the Rangers up. The cutter, the the different arm angles, the quick pitches, you know, the slide sometimes he would throw them Seager. off with his, with his quick pitch where he'd be ready and just go really quick and throw off their timing. It was what you love about him, and we've talked about him on this podcast previously, is how he mixes everything. He mixes his pitch selection. He's, you know, and and Michael Kay and and Paul O'Neill and even Cameron Mabin brought this up during the the broadcast, where, you know, Cameron Mabin brought it up perfectly that, you know, this used to frustrate the hell out of him when he was a player when he would face like a pitcher like Nestor Cortez, or like he said during a during the broadcast, a Mark Burley who's yeah, ready to this. go, who's ready to pitch like right away. Like you step in the batter's box and you better step in with your bat up and ready to go because the pitcher's ready to pitch instantly. That's Nestor. You know, he's, he's ready to go right away. And sometimes he'll go for a quick pitch just to throw you off. And, you know, that delivery, that quick pace, mixed in with the movement he has on his pitches and the way he can mix speeds he uses everything he has at his arsenal to his advantage you know what i'm saying yeah. and you gotta love that he's he's not a thrower he's a pitcher right we and talked about I this when we were together yeah, we talked yeah. about him before yeah that's what i'm saying man like what else that's why i said before what else is there left to say about mr cortez you know i will say this actually i think some people thought he wasn't legitimate they thought last year was a flash in the band i think he's mm -hmm. proven that it's legitimate now the sample size is like 100 plus innings now it goes back to like june of last year i think they put the graphic up he's one of the best pitchers in the league from that standpoint i think a more american mm -hmm. league or overall but either way he's just lights out um and he's like he's been the best pitcher this year he's pitched better than Garrett Cole that won't last obviously we know Cole's gonna end up pitching better but Cortez can end up being like the second or third best pitcher from the, in the season which is all said and done which is still a crazy thought uh he's been lights out I hope he keeps grinding and gets that all-star appearance because everyone wants to see Nasty Nestor in the all-star game I know it's early but yeah. what a fun story that would be to get Cortez out to Los Angeles Man, that'd be great. That'd be great. Oh, yeah. Get some get some Cuban power over there, bro. Some coladas out there. You're for those of you that, that are listening to the podcast that might not know this, Julian is a fellow Cuban. So Nestor sí. is Nestor is el orgullo de, de el orgullo mío de, de Julian de, de John. O sea, el orgullo, el orgullo de todos nosotros. O sea, all three of us are Cuban. Yeah. So we're all three of us are rooting. Into the cameo for 
Miku Bianos too. So oh, nice, yeah, bro. Uh, me and Marlo got awesome. that. So <laughs> a little a little <laughs> something there. But um it's um he's a great guy, he's cool. Now his price has definitely gone up. He's a household name. Last year he was under the radar, now everyone's talking about him. He's not sneaking under any radars. You know, last year I remember watching him pitch. He would go like four or five innings. He would keep us in it. He'd give up like one or two runs. I'm like, okay, he's pretty good. He's giving us a shot. And as the season got on, he kept getting better and better. And now each time out, you see him evolving. Like he's really becoming a complete starting pitcher. Like I used to think he was just a bullpen or a long arm. That's what we all thought in the beginning. Last year, he was a spring training invite. Now he's been the best pitcher on, on the team so far. I mean, who would have thought we'd see this from him? He gets cut from Baltimore. He has like two double digit strikeout games against him now. Like he's really shoving them which is great to see the Yankees had him yeah. a few times um it's just great to see him succeed and you'd think he's much older than he is he's only like 26 or 27 you would think he's like in his 30s based on like the stash and all that but and all yeah. the stuff he's been through but um I will also say this I think the Yankees like if he keeps this up they're gonna have to like add some money to his contract I mean he's making like league minimum right now like that's yeah. some of the arbitration years and like make it a little better but they got. They don't want to do that yet. I mean, he's got to do a little more. I think they could end up working something out, though. Oh no, for sure, for sure. He's he, listen. He's definitely working his way into a nice little payday at the end of the season. Um, mm-hmm. I don't have his contract pulled up in front of me right now, but um, I would think that he's due to be a free agent. Uh, either at the end years. of in three years. Okay. Yeah, it's so like, it's listen, all like cheap money. Yeah, I checked listen, it. Hey, if Hal Steinbrenner and Brian Cashman are smart, lock him up now before he continues to have seasons like this and his price range starts to go up. Lock him up now while you can still lock him up relatively cheap. You're not going to lock him up, you know, at the price that he, you're paying him now, obviously. But the longer you wait, the more his price tag is going to go yeah, up. Yeah, so I would I say, like, all-star breaker, like, ends or like towards the end of the year, maybe. Get, get it done. Get it done. Because, you know, like you said, and and we'll wrap up uh, the Nestor Cortez talk with this, man. Like you said, he's definitely shown us, Yankee fans, and just baseball fans around that have obviously taken notice because, you know, MLB Network and, you know, the MLB at Bad App and all the publications have shown highlights of him. So, obviously, baseball fans in general now know who Nestor Cortez is, and they all now they all know now that what he's done since last year is not a flash in the pan. Like you said, like he's clearly shown that he belongs. So wrap him up, get it done. And uh, I'll tell you, Julian, um, for me, man, it's funny how you said, you know, the term swing man, because that's exactly what I thought he was going to be before the start of the season, you know, <laughs> yeah. You can go back to to previous episodes, man, and I remember when we did our preview episode uh before the season started, I was clamoring for the Yankees to add another starter and I thought Nestor was going to be that spot starter that the Yankees could use as a Swiss army knife out of the pen or a guy that could spot start when needed. I never expected this. Not even me, you know what I'm saying? So Yeah, me either. I mean, I was actually an avid supporter. Like, I believed he earns his spot in the rotation based on what we saw last year. I was like, let him be the fifth starter, but I want some insurance. And the reason, it wasn't so much him. I was worried about what we Severino's health because we haven't mm-hmm. seen him in healthy in a while. Um, I, I know agree. Montgomery's a solid arm in there. 
figured Zion won't be okay. It was mainly about Severino's health. Like the rotation looks amazing right now. They have so much good depth too. That I'll talk about Somerset later and we'll get to that. You actually gave me the perfect segue, brother, because that's exactly the next thing I wanted to talk about, the rotation. So as we teased earlier, um, I wanted to get into some numbers with you, Julian. Uh, bro, <laughs> the Yankees pitching rotation, brother, let me give you some numbers just so you can get an idea of how good this pitching staff has been. Overall, the Yankees pitching staff as a whole has only given up 75 runs to start this year. Wow. Okay. 75 runs. That's first of all. That's crazy. Their staff. You look at Garrett Cole, six starts, 2.67 ERA, 1.12 whip. Luis Severino, five starts, 3.75 ERA, 1.29 whip. Montgomery, a 2.90 ERA in six starts, 0.94 whip. Tyone, 2.84 ERA, 1.14 whip in five starts. And of course, as we mentioned a little while ago, Nasty Nestor in six starts, 1.41 ERA, 0.97 whip. The Yankees team ERA as it stands right now is a 2.50 whip. I mean, a 2.50 ERA, sorry. Bro, come on. that That's impressive. Like, yeah, that I'm... is top notch, my brother. <laughs> you yeah. know? No, it definitely is. And I wasn't trying to, like, little what they did. I know how well this pitching staff is pitched. I think I was kind of talking more on a name basis. So the Dodgers, like, their front three is good after that. I mean, Andrew Heaney's Andrew Heaney. He had two good starts. He's been injured. But... <laughs> Um, I'm not putting him in there, Max, but like the Mets rotation, if they get the ground back, might end up being the best, I would say. We have to see. It's, it's down the line, but I mean, the Yankees yeah. pitching staff has probably been the best in baseball, as you just outlined, I would have to guess, because you just gave me the numbers. Yeah. And 75 runs in 28 games, that's like three runs a game. It's nothing. It's actually less than that, which is absolutely insane. But um, I, no, I mean, that's real. Yeah, they've been – the pitching scan is carrying this team, and the crazy thing is that it's even better than last year. And last year, the pitching was really good, too, and it's the only reason we were even able to make it because our offense was anemic last year. I'm excited to see what we can do, how we can develop, and the depth in this team is being overlooked, too. Like, Clark Schmidt could be a starting pitcher on almost any team right now based off what we saw. Um, we yeah. still have Domingo. I don't know what they're going to end up doing with him. He's working his way back, throwing bullpens. I don't see a starting spot for him right now. I'm not sure what pitch you would remove out of their like bullpen arsenal either. That's the thing because Marazio is only up because LaCastro is not up right now, so he's not going to be in the fold. I guess they could put LaCastro down, use her mom, but I wouldn't really want to see that because I missed. We need Timmy in there, he's been an integral part of what the Yankees have done. He's been big Absolutely. in a couple wins, stealing those bases, and the Yankees haven't had anyone like that in a while. So I don't want to lose the Castro. I think he'll be back soon, too. He's been in IL for, well, like three days now. Maybe he'll be back like next yeah. week, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. But and, the pitch- and providing that defense, like I said, it's not just the steals he provides. He's, he's a great defensive replacement at the end of the game. You need that guy. Even going back to, you know, the old – Yankee championship teams in in night in the nineties, you always had those those guys that came in, you know, as defensive replacements, you know, late in the game. You know what I'm saying? Um, so yeah, you need true. that one guy, you know. 
That is very true, bro. I couldn't agree more with that. Um, there's actually one team that's given up less runs than us. It is the Dodgers with 65 runs, and the Dodgers Whoa. are beasting. That's what I was kind of saying me. before, but, I mean, the American League, the Yankees have the best, and honestly, 75 is still ridiculous, so I'll take that any day of the week. <laughs> that is less than bro, three runs listen, a game. One, only one team giving up less runs than us? That's, bro. Yeah, I'll and the Dodgers that. are the I'll Dodgers, so... Dude, I'll take that any day of the week. If we're literally the second best team in the majors as far as, you know, runs given up, that just shows how stellar this staff has oh, been bro. as a whole. I agree 100%. And the bullpen, like we talked about with Clay Holmes, I can't even believe how good him and Michael King have been. Yankees bullpen has been locked down. Even Aroldis Chapman, I think, is having kind of like the best season we haven't really noticed because no one really likes Chapman, but he has ERAs of zero. I mean, the only thing he gave up was when he had the inherited runners in Baltimore when he walked a guy or something, but he hasn't given up a real run yet. I know he hasn't make it look pretty at times, but he still ends up getting it done. And remember, he hasn't pitched like, you know, consecutively, like when he pitched on Monday, it was his first time pitching in, I believe, seven days, something along those lines. Like, so he's, the Yankees are being careful with his usage. You know what I'm saying? They're not bringing right. him in as much as like, say they would if, if like, say it was a playoff series or like if it was important games, like they're yeah. kind of limiting his usage and spreading it out. So then like that, they keep him fresh, but not like overworked. So I, right. I like that. I right. like that. Cause you're yeah. going to need them. And also, I would goal. say I'm still a big advocate for Miguel Castro. His ERA is a 1-8. He has, like, uh, eight strikeouts in 10 innings. He's been very solid under the radar, too, I feel like. And also, Luizic is starting to get back to himself after a, a rough start. Chad oh, Green's gosh. still doing okay. I mean, I know some of his stuff's well diminished, but he's hanging in there. And I think the good, good thing with Chad is that they're not going to have to use him as much because they have the Kings. They have the homes now. You have yeah. Castro. So you can keep him fresh, and hopefully he gets better instead of wearing down at the end of the year. But um, the Yankees pitching staff just continues to be great. I mean, you got to – so what are we going to do next? Do you want to keep going with the pitching, Somerset, well, preview? Yeah, what I was going to say a uh, quick quick uh, hitter with the pitching, I was going to say, because you mentioned uh, Castro. I wanted to give a – a quick shout out and some props to my other co-host that fills in a lot, uh, Sean Negron, who's on his honeymoon right now. He was an advocate for Castro staying on the roster. And, you know, he was, he debated me and said that he would keep Castro on when it was time to cut down the roster that he would send Schmidt down and keep Castro up. And he's looking like he was 100% right. No, you can't get rid of Castro. Yeah. He was he was an advocate for him, and he's looking his uh belief in Castro is looking very vindicated with how good he's been. I just like I like I told Sean in the previous episode, I just was worried about his control and how wild he can be sometimes. But but he's been good, bro. He's been part of of this stellar bullpen, so I've been very happy with it. Very same. Happy. It was like the Clay Holmes thing. We worried about Holmes control and look what they did. I mean, Matt Blake just continues to do an A1 job. I mean, Blake's the MVP, really. He's the guy that's getting everyone going. Um, you look at the transformation once we moved on from Rothschild and 
um, Matt Blake, and it's it's been uh, it's been stellar. I mean, it really has been. You see so much better pitching, so much more quality pitching, like from top to bottom. There's not one guy I'm like, oh shit, he's coming in. Like we had this conversation before, I think, on another show. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, we yeah. have sets, oh, we have holds, or like, no. Like every time someone comes out there, I feel good. I mean, Marazio, I guess he hasn't pitched much, so I don't want to like scapegoat him, and he's thrown four innings, so like I'm not. And he even had some good moments. He had a few bad ones, yeah. but and I don't understand the debate because I love Clark Schmidt and I think he has a place in the big league roster too. I really do, but it's just mm-hmm. not a spot for him right now. Things are lining up, unfortunately. But Clark's ERA was a one eight. He pitched out of some tough spots. He had a strikeout per inning in eight innings. I mean, but he might get a start Thursday actually because we need someone to we need a minor leaguer to start Thursday. Uh, I don't know. The only thing I'm not there's I'm not sure if um. Clark it can, is eligible because he just got sent down. I don't know if they could bring him up quick enough. That's the only problem we might have with starting him. But if he's ready to do it, I think he would be the right person. We're going to have to see what they want to do. Because I think he started Saturday if it's going to get rained out. All this rain stuff is kind of hard to track. Um, I think that would put him on the rest. I could check. but So when I was looking at Clark's information, I was able to find he pitched on Saturday. He went two and a third. Uh, he gave up a run and he pitched like 46 pitches. So in theory, he could be used if he's eligible to be called up. I'm just not sure if it's going to end up being that way. But because um, it would be four days rest if he goes Thursday. If he doesn't pitch, I'm not sure who's going to get the ball. But he did say someone in the minors. Um, someone I would advocate for, which I'll get to later, although he's not on the right rest either. And I think he will get the call this year is Ken Waldachuk. He was lights out, and I'll touch on that later. If I'm trying to look at other candidates, I mean, Luis Hill has been off this year. I don't know if they would try to get him going. I know he was good in the majors, but maybe they'll try him. Um, I guess you could go with J.P. Sears is pitching today, so he wouldn't work out. But we'll have to see what they want to do. It could be, um, It could be someone we're not even thinking about either. Maybe they go with an opener. It could be that too. Although I, they might want to save the bullpen because there's no updates till May 30th, though. That's the only problem with doing the opener. But maybe yeah. they'll try to do it. Uh, we've seen them do it before. It could work because the bullpen's lights out. They have enough arms to get through it. Um, oh, maybe it could be Marazio, actually. That's definitely a candidate, although he um he wouldn't be he wouldn't be from the minors, but um we'll see what happens with that but let's transition to the offense now I mean that's the one thing we've been talking about like how we're a little concerned I know Anthony Rizzo is a hot topic he's had a few time he's had a he's had a few timely hits but other than that his bat's been very cool of late I know he started the year on fire but he's also had trouble hitting on the road are you concerned about that well it's funny you mentioned it because I've been a big advocate of Anthony Rizzo um, in previous episodes, pretty much since the season started. I've said in many episodes that I feel that him and Giancarlo Stanton have been the two hottest bats the Yankees have had, even though Giancarlo had a little bit of a stretch where he cooled down a little bit. Yeah. And now he's picking it back up, you know, as evidenced by that home run that you said that would have been out of almost any park, not just a little league park. <laughs> yeah, um, like any park but all now time, the problem is, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, but now <clears throat> the problem is, it seems like Rizzo is in that cool down period also that yeah. Stanton was, was on 
um, before he got that RBI hit on on Monday, he had been on a two for 30 slump, two yeah. for 30 after starting out the year the way he had. Like that's, you know, that's a considerable difference as opposed to how good he had been to start. I mean, listen, even with that two for 30 stretch before he got that RBI double, he still sits at a 238 batting average, nine home runs, 22 RBIs, two steals, and a 907 OPS for the season. Yeah. So I'm not completely concerned about Rizzo because I think he'll eventually get it together. But, you know, you would like to see him turn it around because, like I said, it's been mainly him and Stanton, even though Judge seems to be picking it up now and basically showing the Yankees, hey, you don't want to pay me? This is what you're missing out on. You know what I'm saying? So (laughs) yeah, bro, it's it's been, you know, ultimately, and I think John Sterling said this on a a broadcast recently. Um, John Sterling, by the way, I'm a big advocate of his. I think he does a great job for WFAN. He said it that Ultimately, what you would love is for all the bats to click at the same time, but that just doesn't happen. You know, yeah. you, 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 most of the time you have a couple of guys that are hot and a couple of guys that aren't, you know, and what you would like is if one guy isn't producing the other guy to step up. Well, now that Rizzo is in his cooling period, it's good that Judge is stepping up his game. It's good that Stanton is getting back, you know, to hitting hot again like he was to start the year. Um, Gallo seems to be turning it around, you know. <clears throat> Excuse me. What what a difference he's had ever since, you know, that Baltimore series. So, I mean, if if this is a cool-down period for Rizzo, you just hope that the rest of the guys step it up. Let's not forget IKF either. You know, IKF has been tremendous. I don't know why the hell he tried that push bunt, you know, recently. Yeah. Like, that didn't seem to make any sense. Like, he should have just hit away in that in that instance. But, you know, so that's my stance on Rizzo. I think he'll turn it around. But while, while he is seemingly cooling it down, you just want the rest of the guys to pick up the slack. And I, I feel like the Yankees have enough guys, you know, clicking on all cylinders to be able to pick up that slack. What do you think? Right. There's a few things I want to point out. I'm not worried about him, but there's two things that would cause concern. I mean, on the road, he hasn't been great. He's hitting 146 with two homers compares to seven bombs and 300 average at home. I'm not sure if he's going to pour Chappie maybe and it matches with him on the road. That's something I would pay attention to. Um, and he also has 17 RBI as opposed to five. So you, that's a huge difference in four less games. There is 19 less at-bats, too. But it is something worth looking at. And in the month of May, he's been very cool. 125 average and just that one RBI we saw yesterday. Uh, a couple things. So his start was so great that he's still his numbers are still really good. I think he's going to be fine. I'm not actually worried. Uh, Aaron Judge also yesterday I was in the Fanjol event because um, Sean actually told me about it. So shout out to Sean again. And Judge was talking about how Rizzo has been such a huge part of the team chemistry-wise, how the infielders feel so comfortable with him, with the IKFs, the Donaldson, the Torres, and TJs, knowing that he's there to cover everything. And then Judge had that huge hustle from first base. Um, Aaron was cool also. But 
it's just uh, it's good. You can see the team chemistry's up for sure. I think it's better than it was last year. You see a lot of the guys rallying together. Last year, it seems like things were out of place, like things didn't really seem to click so well, especially from the offensive standpoint. And I think even – and, like, you talked about Judge. I mean, he's having one of the best seasons in all baseball right now. His OPS, like, 960. He's got nine homers and 19 ribbies. He's hitting 284. He's on bases 350. He's doing everything well. And he is showing the Yankees that they need to up the ante for that initial offer that they gave him, like you said. Um, his free agency is going to be a big topic. I still think they'll take care of him. He's too important not to. He, he sets the tone. I think they're going to do the right thing. I think they'll make a better offer if he continues to do this, like how he produced last year, even better. They're going to have to. You can't really justify letting him walk because the whole team like wouldn't be the same. You would, And you can't really replace him either. Like, how do you replace Aaron Judge? I mean, he's larger than life, first of all, just <laughs> the size alone. But, like, got the judges' chamber and all that. I mean, what he does off the field, too, with the foundation is very good. If we were showing the camera, I'd show the wristband I have from being part of it, but um, <laughs> it's it's cool. Um, as a team, they're hitting much better. I mean, they're fifth in OPS, they're second in homers across all baseball. Last year, they weren't doing that. I know it's early, but all the hitting is down across the league. It's a very interesting thing. I know that early in the year, sometimes it doesn't travel well because of bad weather in the ballparks, but um, I really think they're going to be good offensively judge is setting the tone you know gallo's doing a lot better i think he's gonna be okay i've been an advocate of him um so we'll start to transition off the hitting soon i'll say i want to say i'll just wrap up the point so the home runs are 37 and that is tied for second with the brewers the angels have the most with 40 and um and then the slogging lps like i said is um it's going to be fifth. It's like a 740. So that's yeah, I mean, actually 724, my bad. But yeah. I mean, look, man, uh, you know, overall, you got everybody contributing. You got DJ contributing. You got Judge, like I said, contributing. Rizzo might be cooling down, but, you know, he's contributing. Gallo's turned it around. Stanton's doing good. IKF's doing good. Pretty much the only position that the Yankees have quote unquote weakness is their catching, right. you know, where, you know, you'd like to see more hitting from that position. But I mean, if the rest of your lineup is producing the way it is, you're fine with your catchers being defense first and not exactly contributing yeah. as much as you would like. Because you made a good point, and especially how well these guys are framing. Trevino's been lights out behind the dish. I mean, you can live with their subpar offense. The only one we've talked about, I think we both want to see more from is Donaldson. And we um, we want to get him going a little yeah. bit. We know he's capable of doing more. He's Oh, he does have a 10-game hitting streak. It's the quietest 10-game hitting streak I think I've ever seen. But but yeah. he does have it. So um, he's not doing that oh, bad. Man. So. It's um he'll get it going. I want to see we want to see the rain, like you said. We want to see the breaker of rain. Like we want to see more power in there. Like that would help when some guys are going through the cool stretches. So he has to bring that rain to the Bronx, man. Right. He has to bring that rain. I know Glaber hit the walk off, but I want to see him be more consistent still. I want to see more from Torres, a little bit more. The OPS is still under seven, so I want to see that get up there. But let's switch. Let's go to the Patriots. So Somerset, I've been there the last couple of days. Volpe's hit his fourth homer on Mother's Day. Unfortunately, I missed Mother's Day. That would have been a great day to be there because Volpe hit his fourth. He's starting to wake up a little bit. The average is still kind of low. 
I think he's still trying to get his feet wet in double A. He's hitting 195, but he'll be just fine. The main story, there's two. Derek Dietrich is becoming a story down there. He has five bombs and 14 RBIs. I'm trying to get an interview with him before he gets bumped up, hopefully, because I feel like he might get moved up soon. The AAA first baseman have been bad, too. Bird and Guzman haven't been getting it done, so I would not be shocked if Dietrich gets sent up. He's really made his home down there. The guys love him. He's building a good chemistry down there. They lean on him, and he enjoys being down there. He's not being salty that he should be in the majors or anything. He's appreciating that he's been given another chance. So I'm hoping to talk to him. Um, Volpe, like I said, we want to see a little more from um, Josh Burrow's been missing with an injury. So Burrow's been a big part of the offense. I definitely missed him. But as a team, they are rolling right now. They're 17 and nine. They're they, they're the top in their league. They have a good chance to make the playoffs. I think um, it would be fun to see them do that. Uh, Elijah Dunham's had two homers in the year. He's cooled off a touch. I know Brandon Lockery has two homers and nine RBIs. He's in 233. He can do better too. But the bats have started a little slow for them. Their pitching's been holding the weight. I will say that um, the Blake Perkins leads them with six homers and 14 ribbies. He's been a good story. But now let's get to this pitching staff, though. Man, this pitching staff for Somerset is really special, man. They have they have so many good guys down here. Ken Waldachuk, like I was hinting at before, he threw five no-hit innings with 12 strikeouts on Mother's Day. The guy's lights out. He's the best lefty, best pitcher in our system, actually. Best lefty, too, by default, because he is also lefty, but not by default because he's that good. Um, I think he's going to get fast-tracked. I can see him getting called up to AAA really soon. He's just well ahead of the double-A hitters. He's just that good, I th- and he was dominant. And a guy to watch for in, on the other team, he has a 1-4, he has a 1.14 ERA with 40 strikeouts and 23 innings. So wow, wow, yeah, that's, yeah, he, that's impressive. That's really impressive. He's that good. <laughs> I'm excited to see him get fast tracked. You could see him in the Bronx this year, I think. Maybe I think he's gonna get the triple A within the next month, I would guess. If he keeps this going, there's no reason to keep him in double A. He's already went through double A last year, so he doesn't need to stay down there much longer, I don't think. So I'm hoping I can talk to him before he goes. I do have a decent relationship with him, so. I mean, it's 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 just interesting because it brings up, you know, even if he does get fast tracked, you still got the same point that you had earlier with Domingo Herman. If you fast track him up to the majors, there's no spot for him. Yeah, that's His the pitching thing. staff is so good. There's no yeah. spot for him. And they already have left. Would they put him out of the bullpen? I tell you, I think he's a starting pitcher, obviously, but he would be deadly out of the bullpen. He would be nasty out of that bullpen. Like if you get him through a couple lefty hitters, oof, that would be pretty deadly. But I want to see him start. I think, like you said, I think they'll kind of get in the AAA. He'll be there if they need him. But the depth is so good, they might not need him. That's the thing. And people are talking about trading for Tyler Maui and Luis Castillo. I'm like, I don't know, really. Like, you could, but, like, why? I mean, you could, but I guess it's good to make the strength better. But you don't really have to. I'd rather use those assets to get more bats if we were going to make a trade, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um. I would love to see Luis Castillo here, but if this kid, Waldachuk, is as good as you say, then why? Why? I mean, if the price is right and the Reds are just going to blow it all up and that dumpster fire that's taking place in Cincinnati, then do it. I mean, Maui's a good pitcher too, but again, 
unless you give them what they don't need Tyone. Unless if you take Tyone out of the rotation, put one of them in, maybe. I mean, that makes it better. I'm not going to say yeah. it doesn't. But because um, Tyone's a free agent, I think, I don't know where his future really sits with the team with all this depth we have in the minors. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's been solid. He's doing a good job and all that. But I just wish they would hit for Montgomery and Cortez, honestly. Yeah. I mean, like we said earlier, man, 2.84 ERA for, for Tyone. So he's having a good year so far. And, and he had a decent year last year. So, I mean, you can't deny that he's been good, at, you know, coming off that, that Tommy John surgery that he had. Like he's been, he's been good. He's, he's definitely rebounded nicely. 100%, bro. And now there's one thing I also want to I want to talk about some other pictures, too. I don't know why the numbers aren't coming up here. They should. But Johnny Burrito, I saw pitch live, and he's been electric for this team. I think he could also get called up to AAA soon. He's been that good. I think his ERA is under one on the season. So he's been, he's been lights out. I saw him pitch seven innings, and he shut the team out. He was outstanding. His ERA is a .89, by the way. And he gave up one hit in seven innings when I saw him pitch. He's that he's 22 Ks in 20 innings. Good to see my buddy Sean Boyle Chuck. He got off to a rough start and he struck out eight or nine batters. Uh, it was good to see him do that. He gave up a run in five. And then I'll give you one prospect to watch on the Blue Jays that's going to give us fits. Or Elvis Martinez. I'm, I'm sure you saw me post some things about him. I saw him I hit two so, bombs. Yes. He's made he made a few good plays and a few good hits. He got robbed on a hit by Jason Rosario to end the game. Uh, he made a diving play to turn two to end it in a one-run game. That was pretty crazy, actually. And then um, he also had a homer, had a ball that went to the warning track, the opposite field. Aurelius Martinez is really raw. He doesn't really walk too much, but his hit tool and his fielding is, is – and I think he can run decently, too. He can play some second. He's the second-rated prospect on Toronto, and he's 36 in the top 100. So I figured he was worth talking about. Maybe you see him up there next year or the year after. He's probably going to get the bump to AAA, I would guess. He's really good. Hey, man, definitely definitely somebody to watch. Um, speaking of Toronto, you, you gave me the perfect segue, Julian. Uh, mm-hmm. let's, let's transition, man, and give the people a preview of this upcoming uh, two-game set. So... For those of you that don't know, um, the Yankees start a two-game set with the Toronto Blue Jays starting today. Yep. They got Luis Severino versus Yusei Kikuchi later tonight. Yep. Uh, 7.05 start. And uh, tomorrow, you got a matinee game with, with Jamison Tyone, the previously mentioned Jamison Tyone versus their ace, Jose Barrios, at 12.35 p.m. Um short two games set in the Bronx before they travel to Chicago to take on the Southsiders uh, for a big four game set over the weekend. And don't worry, Hadeskina listeners, we'll have you covered on that matchup on during Friday's episode. But for now, let's, let's preview the Blue Jays. Uh, Let's see. They are four and six in their last 10 games. Um, the Yankees, like you said, Julian, they own them this year, winning the season series so far, four to three. Mm-hmm. Um, they got Kikuchi today, which you should beat, and then obviously Barrios tomorrow, which you would think would give you more fits. But overall, man, I I don't see why 
you shouldn't at least at least split this series uh, before you go to face a White Sox team that for now, you know, obviously record could change between now and and uh, Thursday. But for now, you're they're 14 and 14. Bro, so did you I see mean, that crazy game yesterday? Record, you know, yeah. <laughs> my Go bad. Ahead. But I had to say, did you see that crazy game with the White Sox and Guardians yesterday? That was wild what happened with that. Yeah. They were down 8-2, and then they were just went off. Like, the White Sox are kind of unraveling right now. It's early, but they don't look great, like you said. But I'm yeah. not going to go too much into that, but that game is worth talking record, about. 500 record, bro. They're they're. They're there for the taking. And if you if you mm-hmm. handle this Blue Jays series, you know, ideally you want a sweep. Um, the Yankees handled them well last year, too. Like, I'm not worried about the White Sox at all, honestly. Yeah, I mean, like I said, man, if, if you if you take this sweep and go into go into the White Sox series with 22 wins, you're feeling good about yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Like I said, you, that's a series that you should win too. A hundred percent, bro. Now here's so, the thing with Kikuchi. The Yankees did not do well against him last time. He shut us down last time. That oh, was when yeah. the, so that was when the poor, me, that was bad. That was when the poor <laughs> offense started, actually. That alludes to the four-game stretch with the two yeah. runs or less. And they need to wake up today. Gallo had a homer off him. Um I do think that they could get to him today. They've seen him three times already. He's really not that good. This will be the third time seeing him. I can see them putting up a crooked number. I think the offense is due to break out. Why not against him? He has, he does, although he has, he has a 289 in the two games against us. The first appearance wasn't as good, obviously, give up like two runs in a short outing. But the Yankees can handle this guy. He's not unhittable. I mean, he pitches the contact for the most part. So I don't see why they can't get him. He's a lefty too. The Yankees are built to beat lefties. So, He has an ERA of 4.35 in the season. So, and Luis Severino, I think, is still trying to get into form. He's got a 3.75, like we said before. That's the worst on our staff, and that's not even bad. And it's early right now. And he's still got to come together. He still has 23 Ks in those 24 innings he's pitched. I am going to pull up those Blue Jays numbers, what he's done against them as well this year, because I know he has pitched against them this year. But I think the Yankees, that's the game they really have to win. Tonight's the one you got to get. I think you can beat Barrios tomorrow because he has not been that great. And the Yankees have had success against him in the past. The only thing is, for whatever reason, Enrique, and I know you've noticed this and Sean has brought this up well, the Yankees don't hit during the day. It's so frustrating. Like, they've played better yeah. record-wise this year, but the bats are always sleepwalking during the day for whatever reason. Especially when it's a day game after a night game. It's Yes, so that makes it worse. That's why... That's why tomorrow's game versus Barrio scares me more than tonight's game versus Kikuchi. No, 100%. You got to win tonight because I feel like tomorrow's more of a coin flip. You got to win tonight. Got 100%, bro. Um, and then I'm, I have Sevy's numbers against Toronto. Okay, so he's pitched five shutouts against them so far. So that's good. Hopefully he keeps that going. He had six strikeouts too. So that's a positive. They'll get their second look at him. He'll be at the stadium again. Yeah, tonight I think you can get, and then tomorrow is going to be a little tricky because the day, and you know certain people are going to get rested because the stretch we're going on, and then you're going to have a day after a night. So, yeah, that's going to be a tough one, I think. And we also know Barrios is due to pitch better. He's not He's not this bad. So that you no. might get that you might get that combination of, like, where he's due to have a good outing in the past and show up. Um, yeah, he's also then, only struck out 20 in 28 innings, which is a little low for him, too. No, and then listen, if, if you look at Toronto's splits, they're 
worse on the road also. So that also leads you to believe that even if Barrios has a better game tomorrow, like you say, he's due for one, which I completely agree with you. 100%. You should still either sweep this series or at least take tonight's game and come yeah. away with a split, you know, winning tonight. Yeah. And, and, you know, if you lose tomorrow to Barrios, so be it. You know, right. you're, you're looking at a team that, if you look at their splits, hitting-wise, they're batting 224 on the road as opposed to 249. Yeah, their bats have been home. quiet. Yes, the Blue Jays' yeah. bats have been quiet. Um, I think a big thing is that they were missing Teoscar Hernandez, who's returned well, now. And Hernandez is a Yankee killer, so you got to watch for him. He, he always is. seems to play well against us. Well, he is, but I'm saying as, as a whole, though, like when you look at the home and road splits is what I'm saying. Like on the road, they're batting 224 as opposed to – 249 at home yeah no that's a big so difference i agree play worse on the road like you right. should be able to handle them at yankee stadium i agree 100 224 on the road you know and 357 slugging on the road as opposed to 423 at home they play better at home you know that's so that's a good that's a good point and barrios got propped up last time we saw him he gave up um a few runs trying to i had him right here. also worth noting while while you look that up um they're they're facing uh Severino tonight who's a who's a righty. They're they're splits versus righties as opposed to versus lefties. They're actually slightly better against righties, uh batting 238 against righties. Interesting. 232 against lefties. Now I so, did that that's worth noting because the Yankees strategically shifted the rotation so we wouldn't face the – they wouldn't see Monty and Cortez. I do like pushing Severino back, and I do like giving them a righty, even though the numbers suggest they're actually better because I think that lineup is feast – is going to build some feast on lefties because there's no lefties. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Barrios gave up three runs in five innings the last time we saw him. That's what took place. And the one thing I'll say quickly because I know we're running down on time and I, it's been a good episode and everything – the Yankees have done a better job handling the AL East early in the season. Last year, they didn't do a good job. They were 36 and 40 against them. This year, they sit at like 10 and 6. So that's a substantial difference. If they can keep that up, I think they'll be able to win the division. I, I agree, man. I agree. And, and you just, it, it doesn't need to be said, but we'll say it anyway. You got to handle these games because when the end of the year comes, these are the ones that affect whether you win your division or not, you know, your head to head matchups within the division, at least for this year, because as we all know, next year, the schedule is going to play out differently. Everybody's going to play everybody. I feel like this is the final year where you're going to play your in division opponents, like a bunch of times within the right. year. I think that was part of the new collective bargaining. Right. Agreement. So for this year, you got to handle business against you know, Baltimore against Toronto, you know, you, you, you got to handle those games and come on, you got a short two game set in your house, you know, albeit like we said, a day game after a night game, but you should be able to handle this. You should be able to handle this and, and go into Chicago feeling good about yourself. You really should, especially with the stretch you've been on lately. Yankees lately have been on a, uh, let me see a um, eight and two stretch in their last 10 games. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's 
come on. Like, you should be feeling unstoppable if you're the Yankees. You know what I'm saying? You should be feeling like you could beat anybody. anybody. Yeah, bro, 100%. And they took care of Toronto in Toronto, so you got to be able to do them at home. You split the mm-hmm. first series mm-hmm. when you were kind of getting a warm top still, which was okay. I was like, all right, I'll take a split early in the year. Win the series. You just got to win series. Like, if you split, it's okay. I mean, it's two games. Just You can't lose both and, like, let the momentum cool down. Though. That's what you can't do. Uh, I will say something quick about JMO. I know we're running on time, like I said, but you still had the ERA before. I won't say that again. He has 21 Ks in 25 innings, and against Toronto this season, Tyone, he's pitched against them twice, and he's done relatively well. He's given up three runs in 10 innings with 10 strikeouts. Let's go for a 2-4-5. So he, they're going to third look at him too. I know last year they got to him a little bit, so I want to see how he handles them a third time. It's still a tough line to navigate through, obviously. Tayasco is going to make them much better because he's back now. So I want to see how Tyone stands up to the test. Let's see how that pitching staff uh, plays out and handles them, brother. So I think on that note, man, I think we're going to call it an episode, Julian. Uh, Let's just hope you know, the Yankees handle business. And when we're back on, man, hopefully, you know, we'll be talking about more wins. Um, For those of you that don't know, follow this man on Twitter. Uh, you want to shoot out your, your Twitter handle, Julian, so everybody can follow you, man, and follow your work. Thank you, bro. So Julian Guardi wants the Twitter. Um, check out Slasher Sports as well. I have some stuff on there. I'm trying to get myself going a little bit. Conwas Basis Linus is a company I work for that helps me get into the box of Somerset. Uh, Instagram's Julian Guardi 11. So everyone can check that out. Uh, and I'm, everyone obviously listen to How to Skate and all that. My podcast is out in the field. It's been slow due to my uh, vocal problems or whatever, but I am going to get that going. I will get my previews and recaps going again too. It's all going to start coming back slowly but surely. And one thing I want to know, and I think everyone should know, standings check. Right now, we are four games up in Toronto, but the Tampa Bay Rays have actually slid into second. They're three games behind us now. So the Yankees can either bridge the gap, get Toronto six back, or they could keep split it four, or they could make it worse and only be two back, which I don't want. But we'll see. We will see indeed, brother. Thank you. Thank you for coming on with me, Julian. Um, you know, for those of you that don't, also give me a follow at Elijah's Dad NYY, both on Twitter and Instagram. Follow the Hot Esquina Pod at Hot Esquina Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Um, be sure to give us a like, rating, and review, especially on Apple iTunes. We definitely appreciate those nice five star ratings and reviews. And um, until next episode, Go Yanks. Absolutely, bro. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to doing more work together.